You're listening to the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast. We hope this message speaks to you and encourages you. You can find more messages by searching Catalyst Church of Carrollton on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Learn more at IamCatalyst.net. Sure, bro. 
probably way down the list of opening texts of preachers have taken to preach messages on Sunday mornings. The back of chapter number three, verse number 17. There's a reason why this doesn't sound very good. It said, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stall. That's rough, man. That don't sound very good why people don't preach out of it very often. But you know, something that I, I love about Titus, and, and, and something that I, when we, when we first started coming here about a year ago, that I that just really, really connected to my heart is the ability for Catholics to be real. As a church, as, as, as our pastor, man, if, if nothing else, man is real. And the older that you get, the more that you recognize and respect someone that will just be real. Right? It's almost like when you're in your, your 20s and, and early adulthood, you want people to lie to you. You want people to tell you everything's right, everything's going good, everything's going to be all right, that your future's all planned out, that you've got your whole life in front of you, everything's going to be perfect. And just, you want this rainbows and roses view of what God, God is going to do in your life, and that everything's going to be perfect. Just lie to me, preacher. Tell me my bank account's going to have a couple, couple extra zeros on it when I walk out. Tell me that everything's going to be just, just fall right into place so that, that when I walk into work the next on Monday morning, that I'm going to love my boss all of a sudden. That my co-worker's not going to piss me off today. That they're actually going to work. Is he enough? 
his house, and he would he would ride about about ten miles out to there was a walking trail, and, and Mom would drive from the house to the walking trail. She would walk a, a mile out there. Dad would, would ride out there with her, and he would ride next to her. She walked the walking trail, and he bought the bike back. And he was riding, he rode his bike out there, and was and, and rode next to Mom, and they would get back to the, the parking lot where she had parked the truck, and he said, "My eyes don't feel right. Something just doesn't feel right to me." He's like, and he did something that he had never done before. He said, I think I'm just going to throw the bike in the back of the truck and I'm just going to ride back with you. So, okay, I'm going to So then he threw his not bike in the back of the truck, got a passenger seat, and, and they started riding back home about 10 miles. And he started feeling worse and worse and worse. So I found it more than drive out. I'll never forget. There, there are a few phone calls that will, I'll never forget in my life, and this is one of them. When she called him and Dad, she already called the paramedics and they were there and they were working on that and he was having he was having a full grandma seizure and, and, and was was just just totally uh, so so in the midst of the seizure they couldn't even get him out of the truck. They couldn't even get the seat out on buckle from him. They they were struggling to try to get to him and see exactly what was wrong. He was a picture of health, he never had any problems. So they went, they, they took him and, and then still weren't sure and life fired him to another hospital in Indiana, going to Southern Indiana, rather. And he got there, they ran into our eye, and the first thing our eye came back and they're like, yeah, it looks, it looks okay. There's not really anything, but we're going to do a second one with contracts. We're going to see. So that one came back a couple days later, and they saw a speck on that second MRI that was. Smaller than a pencil lead in the middle of the brain. And they didn't even recognize it as, as being anything initially. They could say it was an area of concern. I'll never forget those words. They found an area of concern in this brain. And they ran a few more tests and, and came back and said, Well, we think there, there's cancer there, uh, there's a tumor, and we, we think it might be cancer. And they, did a, did a couple more tests and came back to us again and said, well, you know, we, we've got some bad news. It's geoblastoma, and it's in the direct middle of his brain, top to bottom, left to right, front to back, right in the middle, just a little bit off chest to his right side. And there's no cure for this cancer. What makes geoblastoma is different than regular cancer. It's not just a tumor, just like a regular tumor is, but it actually turns the brain cells itself cancerous and eats itself like inside out and creates a, a mass of almost nothing that's in the brain and it's very aggressive. So we went, went through it and, and uh, that was given, they gave that six months to live. So in six months, we can't operate, we can't do nothing with it. The best we can hope for, the best pain scenario it's if he does aggressive chemo-regulation, then we can pull off the symptoms he has right now. And at that time, there had been about two weeks that went by from the first seizure, and he was having memory issues and, and didn't know where he was at sometimes, getting lost. He had worked in the same factory for, uh, for, for, for 15 years and walked from him where he normally works to another side of the factory and got there and realized that he had no idea how to get back to where he normally works. So at three weeks, we came back into an MRI, and what was once a, the, the, the tip of the pencil that had 
kind of moment. As the doctor came in and sat down, he's like, hey, kids, here's the, here's the, the MRI that we took on at the beginning of treatment, and, and here's where we're at now. And I looked at it. He said, well, yeah, they, they do look close, but they're not. There's a lot of difference here. It's okay. So it's fine to it. That's what you got. And so this one's actually a little small. The post treatment was a little taller than this one. He said, you know, in cancer, brain, and our eyes, bright, bright areas are bad. They're bad. Cancer is active. A lot of the bright light was gone. He said, look, I don't understand what's happening. I don't know what's going on, but so I tell you, the kids are not active right now. It's gone. So he started, he wanted to get another MRI two weeks later, another MRI a couple months after that. And what happened is somewhere in those moments, a miracle took place. And what, what we were trying to happen was that things were just going to fall apart. God showed up. And he healed my dad of the little black hole. And we did what everybody does, you know, where we did just the first couple weeks and months was like, wow, you know, this it's amazing. And we still just wait for another shoe drop, right? And what turned into monthly to quarterly to every six months, MRIs. Dad was, that seemed to be fine. A couple months ago, mom and I started noticing a few things in that in four and a half years. Almost imperceivable changes at first. You go to the office, nothing, and then just like, oh, that's just Just had a clean MRI in February. But then things started happening a little faster. And things started picking up and changing pretty quickly. And I felt like for the first time that in a long time that I was questioning if God was enough. I told Mom, I said, something's not right with that. So we got to go get a check. You got to get an appointment. You start having vision problems and double vision and stability problems and getting crowds and, and things just didn't, it, it, it wasn't recognizing and picking up things really well. So all these things started coming back. And, and then when I confirmed what, what our four years was, and the cancer had returned. 
have been back, but it was back, not just in one spot, but in three different spots. It was the same form of cancer right in the middle of the brain. He's got enough. The answer, though, that we were looking for isn't always the answer that we get. See, if you had told me four and a half years ago that we would have had the, 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 the outcome is that he's got five years, we've been happy with that. It would be great news. So, hey, we made a mistake. You want to run for six months now? It's five years. Hey, Sometimes life has different things in store for us. So when we went back to the, the doctor, the doctor comes in and he's like, what about that? He said, look, I remember that, those, those, con- those conversations initially where we didn't really know anything. The doctor comes in this time and he's like, hey, you guys know what you're dealing with, right? We, we all know we've been here before, that's what he said. We've been here before, right? We do everything we can. We see what happens. We get mom and dad have conversations. Look, let's take some of that. Let's just fight this thing one day at a time. Let's just see what happens. And my mindset started to shift a little bit from that. That moment of, of is God enough? Psalm 73 and verse number 25 it says, Who have I in heaven but thee? There is none upon the earth that I desire besides thee. My, my flesh and my heart faileth. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. We have suffered that it for down to having only one option. Thank you. 
choosing his hand. And it goes on to say, if you are walking in darkness without the way of light, listen, I'll take the guidance today, Pilots, that just because you're doing everything right doesn't mean that you won't be walking in darkness sometimes. It doesn't mean that you won't have moments in your life where that you look around and you can't see your hand in front of your face and you're wondering, is God enough? Oh, there's bad! 
can turn it on into, I wasn't going to make it, but God showed up. There wasn't a way of escape, but God paid a way. Somebody say, but God. See, he'll turn our, but God, I don't know, into, but God, I know. He'll change our lives from the time when we're not sure if we can make it to the other side, to that point in our life where we know that we will. Because he chose over him. And whatever situation, however he chooses, his own way. Well, we're leaving. He's got to go more chips left over there. And how's he going to feed us on the other side? But no. That's how. Because he's enough. He's enough for us in our lives. He's still El Shaddai. He's still God Almighty. The God that has all power and authority, even in our weakness, even in total darkness, God is still enough. Even in those three o'clock in the morning moments, God's still enough. Those up all night trials. Those can't, can't sleep times. Those I might not make it till morning times. God's still in my church. Deuteronomy chapter number 31, verse number 8 says, Do not be afraid of the church, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Shall begin to. Verse number 18. 
Here's Philippians 4 and 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, just pray about everything. Then, then could have, he could have ended his service before I even set foot up here with where he was at. He was so dead on. So I ask you again, these altars are open. If you've got something in your heart, in your mind, that you're struggling with, if the enemy has came to you and told you that you're not enough, and that God, you failed, that God somehow is going to fail, if you don't know if you're going to make it, I'm inviting you to come to this altar. Find yourself a place to pray. Remind yourself and let God remind you that He's enough for whatever the trial, whatever the test, whatever the problem is. While the circumstances around us aren't what we think they should be, even when it looks like everything is failing, yet for our rejoice and find joy in Him. I know God's enough. I know that no one can touch you like Jesus can. I know that He's right there with us. No matter what we're going through, no matter where we are, that God is enough. Do you have a need today? Are you struggling? Has the enemy been talking to you? These altars are open and you come. Let God meet you in your storm. Let him walk across those waves for you. Let him speak to your life that no one can touch you like he can. And let him remind you that God is enough. Thanks for listening. We'd love to know your story. Let us know how this message impacts your life. You can message us at info at imcatalyst.net. We're here for you and we are for you. If you have a prayer request, you can message us at prayer at imcatalyst.net. To keep up with what's going on at Catalyst Church in Carrollton, visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Jesus cares about you, we care about you, and we hope you join us again on the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast.